Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. First off, if you like this content that is coming to you, hit that subscribe button. It means a lot. Hit that bell. Get all my notifications for this channel. And also, folks, if you're listening to this in the podcast, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Breaker, the whole nine, go give me a comment, five-star review on there as well. It means a lot. But first off, guys, let's get to our sponsor, Manscaped. So support for the Nino's Corner podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, folks, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code Nino's Corner at Manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code Nino's Corner at Manscaped.com. Also, folks, 10% off promo code using the code NCPEEPS10 at ninoscornermerch.com to get the custom Do You merch. You guys know I always end my podcast on Do You. Don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. So 10% off promo code NCPEEPS at ninoscornermerch.com. But, guys, you guys didn't come to hear about all the promos and all the sponsors. You guys are here to talk about this new Texas offensive line overhaul. Folks, we just pulled in two great recruits here. We pulled in Kelvin Banks Jr., the number one tackle here in the country. Um, also, we pulled in Cam Williams from Duncanville, who is a highly sought after six foot seven, three hundred and sixty pound monster. Both of these guys were actually committed to Oregon, and so what does this tell us? Well, Oregon's coach Mario Cristobal. Uh, leaves this job and goes down to Miami. And once that happened, it opened up the floodgates uh, for everything to happen just right for Texas. You couple that with also Lincoln Riley leaving um, Oklahoma to go to USC. And you have a situation here in Texas where these guys had Oklahoma as well as Oregon as uh, two of their top four destinations. So when you take Oklahoma's coach, which is the offensive system that these guys were probably going to play in, if they played it at Oklahoma, um, you take that away from the equation. You look at OU as being a place where these guys do not want to go anymore. Uh, Oregon, you know, basically losing their head coach and him going out to Miami. It's a whole different situation where a kid uh, basically has to decide whether or not he wants to stay in state in Texas um, or go somewhere that he has never been in in Miami uh, just to follow a coach um, who he previously committed to at at Oregon. Um, these kids chose the 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 path to stay close to home. These these kids chose the path to have uh, the opportunity to play at least six uh, to seven games in the state of Texas, uh, at least for the next three years, so that their parents, their moms, their grandmothers, their dads, their uncles and aunts, they can all come see them play here at the great. Uh, University of Texas here in Austin over the next few years. These are massive, massive gets, not just because these guys are some big guys. These are massive gets here for Texas. But Texas having a down year, guys, a five and seven season for them to be able to pull the number one tackle in the country in Kelvin Banks Jr. And also for them to get one of the one of the most coveted interior offensive linemen here in the country as well. And Cam Williams, you're seeing what this recruiting staff has been able to do um, with these two guys actually going to Oregon. Most teams would 
probably back off a little bit, uh, you know, just especially knowing all the NIL money that was coming in from Oregon as well with with Nike and and also those guys just being committed there for some time and and them actually basically telling people that they are 100% locked in. I got to give all all the kudos, man, to uh, to Cal Flood. Coach Flood being able to stay with these guys, recruit these guys up until the the umpteenth hour, and when Cristobal left, guess who had the 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 continuity with these folks? It was Cal Flood, and having that continuity is something that is great because what did it do? It opened up the opportunity for Texas to slide back in there and have and have a chance to get both of these guys to come here and represent the state man staying loyal to the soil here at texas uh, this helps out immensely because hey, folks i think texas has a couple more offensive linemen that are going to be coming up here for the in for, well, for the national signing they won here on wednesday the 15th of december this is going to be a great offensive line class just think about this for a minute folks a couple weeks ago we were just wondering we only had two offensive line commitments here in connor robinson and also cole hudson really Really good prospects and recruits here. Um, guys that have stayed 10 toes down with their commitments here at Texas. Uh, guys that are loyal to the soil. These are guys that you take 24-7 uh, every day and, and, and six times on Sunday, right? But those are the only two guys we had. And we were scratching and gnawing and trying to figure out where was Texas going to get these other offensive line commits to come from? Uh could we got Banks back? Was that an option? I didn't think it was an option, to be honest with you. I didn't think Cam Williams was an option either. Um, those are guys that we would have loved to have here and stayed um, and been committed from day one. Uh, so to not have them in the class until yesterday for Banks and today for Cam Williams uh, – had a lot of angst here for the uh, the Longhorn fans. We didn't know exactly who was going to be in this class from the offensive line. And we know that we have all the skill positions. All the skill positions are are covered every year. We're always able to get the Xavier Worthy, the B. John Robinsons, man, the Rojos, who switches over from quarterback to running back and is very effective and efficient at what he does. The Jaden Blue, the number one running back in the country. Um, you know, we're always able to get the good skill position players to come here but over the past five years and i've said this before guys over the past five years when it comes to the trenches the offensive line we have not been able to get those offensive line recruits to commit here to the to the state of texas um well not to the state of texas but to the university of texas the premier school in the state of texas we have not been able to get these guys to commit here um for whatever reason it could be development with the previous staffs um previous staff just uh, whiffing on a couple of, uh, of folks, um, you know, not showing the promise in the program uh, with the previous staff, you know, either. We could have had the Brockemeyer twins. That would have been lovely to have them last year. But looking at our track record and looking at the track record of, of the team in which they went to, it was an obvious and an easy decision for them to actually go and go to Alabama. We would have loved them here at Texas. But part of the reason why they went to Alabama is part of the reason why we got Kelvin Banks and part of the reason why we got Kim Williams here at Texas now, and that's Cal Flood. Cal Flood is one of the best developer of offensive line talent in the country, whether it's at the college level or at the NFL level. At the college level, we saw what Bama's offensive line has done the last two years uh, when he was there, and we see what their offensive line is doing this year. If you go through and look at a lot of the offensive line metrics here in NCAA football, you see that. Texas's offensive line, believe it or not, best Alabama's offensive line in every category minus a couple. And that's it. They 
Alabama's offensive line has allowed more sacks on their quarterback than Texas has. You know, so think about that for a minute. What's the common denominator? Cal Flood. Texas offensive line, as you see throughout the year, it's gotten better and better and better. It's because we've gotten continuity, continuity, guys playing together, guys learning the system, guys getting rid of some old habits. We were able to see guys like Topi Amadi, who's a six-year, we call him the super senior here due to the COVID year, right? A six-year senior, a guy who got no playing time his first five years. And for these last four or five games here, he was able to step in and be a hell of a player here. And if you go back and look at Tope's Twitter page, he attributes all that to Cal Flood. And Cal Flood not only gets the physical side of the, of the house when it comes to you, when it comes to your actual development as a player, but he gets the mental side. And Tope actually highlighted that in his tweet to the Texas fans on what this unit is going to do for the future because of the person that they have heading up that unit in Cal Flood. Uh, Cal Flood. Like I said, folks, we saw what Alabama's offensive line was the two years he was there. Now, let's rewind it and look at the NFL side of the house. When he was with the Falcons, Cal Flood had uh, the number two or number three offensive line in, in the entire NFL his first year with the Falcons. His second year with the Falcons, I think they dipped down to like 10 or 12. But if I'm not mistaken, they were missing two starters on that line. One, the injury, and I think somebody retired or something like that. But Two of the starters from the previous year were not on that line anymore, but he was still able to get an offensive line that was better than average in the NFL. Now, we all know in the NFL, it's a different game. It's not about everybody is talented at that level. Let's say, for instance, look at my Cowboys here. If Zach Martin goes down at guard, we're in some trouble. We're in some trouble, right, because you pay (laughs) your star players, and there's usually not a – enough money to have a guy of, of of equal quality to come back and replace him if something happens to that star player, especially on the offensive line. So what Cal Flood was able to do in that second year with the Falcons, having uh, one to two guys from the uh, starting lineup not playing that entire year and still able to feel, I think, the number 10 or 12 offensive line in the NFL speaks volumes. Now, Kyle Flood, like I say, goes to Alabama and produces one hell of a line at Alabama for two years straight. Um, Alabama has probably the, the the greatest offense on on turf uh, and on grass, basically, for uh, Cal Flood and Sarks last year at Alabama when they won the national championship uh, with with Mac Jones and uh, you know in company. Uh, but now Cal Flood comes to Texas. And, of course, the offensive line wasn't the best uh, the first three or four games. They were allowing a bunch of things. But that is coaching out old habits. What I like about what Cal Flood is doing now, sticks with the guys that he wants, gets the talent he wants. Now he's able to mold that talent. This is something that's going to be great, guys. I am so ecstatic to see what Cal Flood is going to do with Cam Williams. I am so ecstatic to see what he's going to do. I am, like, uber uber uh, uh, fascinated at what he is going to do with Kelvin Banks Jr. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do with Connor Robinson. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Cole Hudson as well. Um, this offensive line is going to be something that's going to be scary here in the next couple of years. But a guy like Kelvin Banks Jr., you know he has the opportunity to come in and start right away. I mean, he is, uh, like I say, the best tackle prospect in the country right now. Um, and I even said it nine months ago. If you guys go back and look at my flashback videos, the video previous to this, I just put it out of this uh, about an hour ago uh, just to let you guys see my analysis on what I thought this offensive line class could be. And I highlighted it. Um, I highlighted Cam Dewberry, who is still uncommitted right now. Um, Devin Campbell, who is still also uncommitted. 
hopefully some good news uh, soon. Hopefully, wink, wink, hopefully. Come on, Campbell, you the guy, the number one guard in the country. And I highlighted Kelvin Banks Jr. Um, and, and in that video, I said he was the best tackle in state. At the time, he was committed, I think, to Oklahoma State, and he decommitted. He had recently decommitted. And I said, this guy's the best pure tackle in the state. You look at his film, you see his feet, you see his footwork, you see his speed, you see his length. You see that this guy is, is, is somebody who – they had us a four-star originally. I was like, there's no way in hell this guy's going to stay a four-star. He's a five-star of the way. And guess what happens? He becomes a five-star and becomes the number one tackle in the country. Not, not just the state, but the country. And I also highlighted Connor Robinson. And he's a technician. I won't talk about Connor too much in here because Connor, I've already had the videos about him. I love Connor Robinson. I think he's a guy that's from the Austin area, of course. He's a guy that's that's going to be loyal to the soil as well. But he's a guy that's 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 been out here retweeting, recruiting, trying to get more guys to come, you know, some more big uglies come here in the trenches with him. And I, I think uh, he's going to be a really good player here at Texas as well. But we will focus on Kevin Makes Jr. In that video, I said Kevin Makes Jr. was going to be the best tackle in the state. I didn't say he was. I said he was the best tackle in the state. Um, little did we know he's going to be the best tackle in the country. All right, so this is amazing news to see what Cal Flood is going to be able to do with a guy like Kevin Banks Jr. Cam Williams, man, let's talk about Cam Williams. This is a guy that could dunk a basketball. Um, you see, he's uber athletic for a guy that is 6'7, 360 pounds. You see, he is athletic. He is somebody that is just not a, a sloppy 360. He's not sloppy at all. Yes, he's a big kid. Yes, he, he's probably going to lose some weight when he comes here to Texas. He's going to trim up. That's what a good strength and conditioning program is going to do. That's what a good weight management program is going to do. But this kid is not sloppy at 360, which is one of the amazing things to see a guy that big, that nimble, that quick, uh, uh, that uh, you know, athletic ability to be able to dunk a ball at 360 pounds. is something that's fascinating. And so when you have a guy that is explosive like that, when you can get 360 pounds up off the ground and dunking the ball, uh, just imagine, I mean, Jordan was 6'6", right? Kobe was 6'7", right? Imagine Kobe with another 140 pounds on him dunking the ball. That's exactly what Cam Williams is doing as a 6'7", 360-pound uh, kid. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. He's very nimble. If you can see Kyle Flood get this kid around 345, 340, 340 to 350 range. I mean, that's only 10 pounds, guys. But get the, the weight in the right uh, uh, portions. Just get them proportioned right. This kid is going to be a monster, especially at guard. Oh, man. I can. T this is going to be stupid sick to see a guy like that coming at you. And any any defensive lineman, any any linebacker that knows if once this, once this kid gets off a tackle, and then comes to right to the to the second uh, you know wave of folks and hits that linebacker. That linebacker don't want to see nothing to do with Cam Williams. He don't want to see it. He don't want to see it at all. So I mean, this is going to be amazing. Man, I am excited about this this offensive line class. This was uh, part of the recruitments and the commitments that we were the least excited about because we just didn't have the players yet. But now we are getting those players in Texas. If you want to understand, we're expecting a couple more. We are expecting a couple more, if not more. Uh, so buckle up, man. This is awesome. We are shoring up the trenches. I did a podcast with Ty from ATS Sports, you know, um, and we talked about this last week. 
about, yes, Texas has had highly successful recruiting classes, meaning that these classes were always top 10, top seven, top five. They had really good recruiting classes when it comes to their rankings, but there was no cohesion in these recruiting classes, meaning, yes, I made the comment that I thought that the Texas recruiting classes were like Lamborghinis or like, you know, Maseratis and Ferraris. Beautiful cars, but they had Walmart tires. Walmart tires, meaning that the foundation for this class, which should be the offense and defensive line, was not there. And so you can have all the skilled players in the world, all of them in the world, but if you don't have a solid offensive line, guess what? You're not going to be able to implement the offense that you want uh, so that these skilled players can go out and do their thing. And so now once you get these guys coming here to this campus and you are getting uh, solidified blue chip players and prospects and commits to come here to Texas, like a Kelvin Banks Jr., like a Cam Williams, you can start to solidify that offensive line and rebuild this team from the foundation up. You guys want to know why Texas isn't back and why Baylor has been able to get back twice in five years? It's because Baylor has had the offensive line commitments and recruits in place uh, to be able to implement their offense. Like I said before, Texas, over the last five years, from 2017 to 2021, 18 offensive line commitments. That's including grad transfers, okay? Over that same – it was tied dead last in the Big 12 of Kansas. In that same time frame, you know the team that had the most offensive line recruits? It was Baylor. And the team had the second most for Oklahoma. So people are going to look at me and say, well, Baylor hasn't been good. Yes, they have. Look at what Matt Rule was able to do with his recruiting classes. Look at what Dave Aranda has been able to do. They have been able to rebuild Baylor from the foundation up two times in five years. Two times. Okay? So Matt Rule takes a team that wins one game. And within three years, they're winning 11 games in, in the Big 12 championship. Then he leaves and goes to NFL. Dave Aranda comes in in the COVID season, wins two games, and then the next year wins the Big 12. You want to know why? I'm not saying it's all offensive line, but I'm saying it's a big damn reason why they were able to do what they are able to do for their team and their squad to get them to two Big 12 championship games in a five-year span and win one of them. It's because they were able to have the offensive line pieces in place and it's not that all these guys were five-star recruits. You don't need all, all of these guys to be five-star recruits. Hell, look at Texas. Uh, our last two offensive line draft picks, uh, when you look at Connor Williams, when you look at Sam Cosme, Sam Cosme was the second lowest-ranked offensive lineman in his class. Connor Williams uh, was not the highest-ranked offensive line in, in his class here at Texas. But I know for a fact Sam Cosme was the second lowest-ranked offensive line recruit in, in his class here at Texas. And we didn't have many of them that year. Okay. They were both three-star guys, three-star offensive linemen, and they end up going to the NFL. So it's not about the stars when it comes to the offensive linemen. It's not. You need quantity and you need guys who can look to the left and right of them and see that somebody wants to take their spot and somebody that's a scholarship athlete wants to take their spot. And they don't, we didn't have that culture here because out of those 18 folks that committed here to Texas, only 12 remained on the team. Think about that. Only 12 remained on the team. Five either transferred out, didn't cut it here with the grades or what have you, and one got drafted from 2017, from, from the 2017 to 2021 classes. Five left 
transferred out, one drafted. That's 12 left. Now you tell me what team, what team in a power five conference is going to survive with only 12 offensive linemen recruits over a five-year span. It's not, it's not going to happen. That's why it is essential. That's why it is important for Texas to recruit very well this offensive line cycle. And they are doing that with four offensive linemen already committed and possibly two, maybe three more. Can you imagine if we bring six offensive linemen in this class? Do you know what that's going to do for the cohesion, for the development? Even if all those guys can't play right away, because we know they can't play out, they can't play right away. And Texas fans, please, please, please take note. Just because we get some five stars doesn't mean they should play the first year. If you are playing young 18-year-old kids going against a savvy 22-year-old senior in college, that 18-year-old is going to get mollywhopped. That is the reason why we are in a predicament we are in. It's because we are not allowing our freshmen to develop and be red-shirted a year, sit back, uh, let the speed of the game uh, slow down for them, let them get in the weight room for a year, pack on the, the right weight, right? Get stronger in your core, get stronger in your legs, develop, develop, develop. Let these guys sit in the back and churn for a little bit. Let them become monsters and then l- unleash them their second or third year. That is the optimal offensive line uh, a timeline for any school, for any school, unless a guy is just a freaking stud. And it's hard to be a freaking stud in the offensive line and start from day one in Division One Power 5 football. Hard to do. Not many folks can do it. Not many can do it. Okay? Think about an 18-year-old kid going against a 22-year-old man. Not many can do it. Now, I know people are going to say, well, the NIL deals, right? The Pancake Factory. Kid gets $50,000 just for signing with UT and potentially another $100,000 with the uh, the Clarkfield Collective. So an offensive lineman can potentially get $150,000 here at Texas when they come. So if a guy's getting paid $150,000, they should play, right? Not necessarily, because guess what? All the offensive linemen are getting paid one hundred fifty grand at Texas. So it's not a money thing. It's, can't, it's not a money thing now. They're all getting the same amount, which is great. That's the offensive line starting salary, which is great. Right? Kids, I, I totally agree with it. These kids should get paid. Another conversation. But Texas fans, be patient. Be patient. If Kevin Banks Jr. signs that dotted line, which we all expect he is going to sign on Wednesday, Cam Williams, Connor Robinson, Cole Hudson, two more. I won't say the names here because let them have their moment. Maybe three. We got these five stars coming in. We got these high four stars coming in. Please don't get on these message boards saying that the starting offensive line for the 2022 season is going to be freshman, 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 freshman. Because if you say that and that happens, guess what, guys? We're going to be in the same position we're in now. Maybe even worse, five and seven or worse. So you got to let these guys sit back, marinate, cook in the backfield, get developed. Let these guys develop, have some patience, let them develop. Now, of course, one of these guys is probably going to start this year. I would I would bank on Kelvin Banks Jr. probably having the opportunity to start this year. I mean, he has the kind of athleticism, the the kind of nimbleness, the kind of nastiness. 
but also the finesseness. <laughs> finesseness is that a word? Finesseness? Nah, but also has enough finesse in him, enough nastiness in him, some great speed uh, to where he can he can he has what he has. We don't have in this roster right now. We don't. We don't have a guy like him in this roster right now. Uh, so he might have the opportunity to come in and start right away. Another guy who may be committing here soon might also have an opportunity to start right away. The others need to cook. They need to sit in the background, get some seasoning, get some of that seasoning. You know, <laughs> what Kwame Brown say? Some of that mama's cooking. Need some of that mama's seasoning. All right. They need to get in the background. They need to develop. They need some weight training. They need to get seasoned. They need to develop and be the player that we want them to be for next year or the year after next. That's how you build steady offensive lines. And this offensive line here for the 2022 cycle could eventually, guys, be the turning point here uh, for Texas football as a whole, to be quite honest with you, because everything starts in the trenches. And Steve Sarkeesian's offense, guys, we're going to really see this thing blossom when the offensive line is in place and doing great things. And if that is in place, then we can have the quarterback that we have in place. Uh, we know that we got Malik Murphy. I know a lot of news is coming out to possibly Quinn Ewers. Everybody knows Quinn Ewers. So if both of those guys were to sign here and nothing is set in stone yet about Quinn, um, hopefully he does come. Hopefully he does come because it's competition and it great, great competition uh, is, it is what is needed in that quarterback room. But either one of those guys would be awesome in a system to where they can get protection. If these guys get protection behind a guy like uh, Kevin Mix Jr., behind a guy like Cam Williams, Connor Robinson, Cole Hudson, maybe a Devin Campbell, maybe a Agbo, you know, maybe a Dewberry. If these guys can come here to Texas, those those last three are not committed to Texas. You guys understand that. Uh, but if we can get guys of that ilk guys of that nature, guys of that uh, uh, stature when it comes to being a, a high school prospect and recruit here, uh, we're going to be just fine here in the future. That is what you do at big-time college programs at Texas. That is what you do at big-time college programs that are going to the SEC. And to go into the SEC, you have to be short up in the trenches. If you're not short up in the trenches, you're not going to last long. If Texas doesn't short things up in the trenches, Texas will be Vanderbilt in the SEC. Sad truth, right? They they will be Vanderbilt in the SEC. Maybe slightly above Vanderbilt. Maybe. But if they don't shore up the offensive line, which I think they they are going to do, and they are doing, proven with this offensive line recruiting class that we have now, and I think what Cal Flood is going to bring in in 23 as well, because once they see what he's going to be able to do with these guys this year, Oh, man, kids are going to want to come play for Cal Flood. I I think we all know he's the best offensive line coach in the country. He's a guy who has put players in the league. He's a guy who's coached players in the league. Uh, and, and it's going to be a beautiful thing to see uh, Cal Flood develop this talent that is going to be here in the 40. I can't wait to see it, guys. Well, guys, look, I have been talking for 27 minutes about this offensive line class. Uh, you know, But one more note, one more note. Never burn bridges, all right? Never burn bridges. And I say that because this Texas coaching staff has never burnt a bridge. Never. You know, and I'm gonna tell you why I can, you know, I can't say for a fact they've never burnt bridges, but I can tell you why that if they have, it's been very few. Because Steve Sarkeesian was able to go get the Big 12 offensive player of the year, the Big 12 um 
first team wide receiver and probably going to be a first team All-American here in Xavier Worthy because of the relationship that he had with him. Xavier Worthy, we all know, was committed to Michigan. Steve Sarkeesian leaves Alabama, comes and coaches Texas. Uh, Worthy, based upon the relationship that he had with Steve Sarkeesian, was looking to get out of Michigan and go somewhere else. Where did he come? He came to the person he was familiar with, the person who did not burn a bridge with him. And with him not burning that bridge, we were able to get Zay here at Texas. And he's going to be one of the greats here, folks. He's going to be one of the greats. He already put in one of the greatest seasons for a wide receiver as a true freaking freshman. So just think what this kid's going to do for the next two years. Because, folks, he's only going to be here two more years. I think we know that. Two more years. That's it. Because guys like that, they go make some money in the league. They're going to make some money. He is good. He is great. And the same thing's happening with this offensive line class. These guys went and committed to Oregon, Kelvin Banks Jr. and and Cam Williams. Kyle Flood continuously recruited them, stayed in touch, didn't burn a bridge, didn't say these guys don't want to be here in Texas. So you know what? I'm going to stop talking to them. I bet you a bunch of schools did stop talking to them. Well, you know what Kyle Flood did? He continued that relationship because he knew anything could happen here in college football. Guys, coaches leave all the time. Anything can happen. A kid might get homesick. He might want to be close to mama. His grandmother might have a problem where she has to, you know, uh, be in the hospital for some time. He just wants to be able to be close to home in case something happens to his family. And close to home means coming back home to Texas. And if the kid's able to do that, he's going to go to where he's familiar with, where he's comfortable with. And that's what Kyle Flood is being. He has been that reassuring voice in these kids' ears because he understands that you don't burn bridges. You don't because you never know when you might need to cross that bridge. So you never burn it. And he didn't burn bridges. And because they didn't burn bridges, because the staff did not burn bridges, we were able to get to the top offensive lineman in the country for this 2022 class just a few days before national signing day one, and both of them are signing on Wednesday. So, guys, I'm really done now, man. I just snapped for you guys. I'm done. Do you guys, like I always tell you, don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment, understand your brilliance. And in this corner, I'm out.